Hello, listener. Yes, I'm speaking directly to you. How are you doing, my friend? Welcome to the latest edition of my Will We Ever Get to Mars podcast. My name is Mike Vaughan, and we have an extra special guest this week in the shape of the awesome human being Anya Savage. Now, Anya and I went on a busking trip at the end of the summer. Um, it was a trip that I had planned, and I used the term planned very, very loosely, for a very long time, probably over 10 years, and I just never got my act together and actually got around to doing it. And then I just suddenly felt this energy to do it, so I thought, awesome, I'm going to do it. And who is the absolute perfect person to do this with? And it was Anya. I asked her, and she said yes. I was over the moon about that, because... A, I didn't want to do it on my own, and B, it's always amazing spending time with her. So we recorded this podcast about a week or two after the actual busking trip, and that's because I had a gig in Southampton supporting her incredible and awesome brother, Josh Savage. Uh, I was over the moon when Josh asked me if I could support him at that gig at the Joiners in Southampton, and... Anya was there to do some backing harmonies for Josh and she also also did some backing harmonies for me. In fact, she was so good, there was me that actually ruined the song that we sang on. So I'm sorry, Anya, that I messed up my own song. You were sounding amazing and beautiful. I've decided just to leave a couple of notes on the podcast. Um, The first one being that I was actually looking after my son Rufus on the morning and we had set up the baby monitors, uh, so we had one next to him as he was napping, and then we had one in the room where we were recording the podcast. It's a kind of shed green retreat thing we have in the garden. So at times, I was kind of wondering if he was okay and was thinking about him, and I think it, in hindsight, it's made me realise that to do um, something like this podcast justice you have to be absolutely focused on it and not be kind of thinking about anything else or being in a rush, really. So I'm sorry if any of my ramblings are kind of higgledy-piggledy, and I'm especially sorry to Anya if at any time maybe uh, I was asking silly questions or it just seemed like I wasn't in, in it. I was really into the conversation. I'm always massively into talking to you. Uh, it's just... Yeah, sometimes, you know, I sat there thinking, I hope he's okay, hope we can hear him. Which leads me on to my next point, which I guess is a related point, and that's because it had all been such a rush, I actually set up the audio recording equipment in a way that was probably not the most conducive for clear audio for a podcast. I just basically set up one microphone in the room um, in between us both, and I hoped that it would capture us both. And I think it has cap- captured our voice as well. But you'll hear that it's actually captured a lot of room ambience. Um, I'm not a fan of that really when I'm listening to to a podcast. You want to hear people's voices really, really clear. I have done some tweaking to it. I've put like an envelope filter on and I've tried to EQ some of the room out. It's still there slightly, but I hope it doesn't detract from your enjoyment too much. One of the other points listening to this conversation has made me realise is I really need to let the other person talk more. I feel that I probably spoke way more than was my turn. And again, I'm really sorry about that, Anya. If we had another conversation, I think I would let you talk more. You're such an interesting and perspicacious individual. And I just wish yeah, that I had given you more airtime, really. I think the most resounding thing that comes from listening to this podcast is how many times I say the phrase, you know, I just say it way, way too much. I'm aware of this anyway. And when I'm talking to people, I catch myself doing it and I'm like, why, 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 why? And I can't help it sometimes. I think it's probably about time to mention on the podcast, if I haven't mentioned it in the past, that I do have a stammer. And it was from having that stammer that 
has actually spurred me on to do many, many things in my life because I haven't wanted it to beat me. But at the same time, I have this dichotomous relationship with it because I'm sure it does hold me back sometimes because there are things I feel that I could do and I think, oh, well, I won't because I'm just going to make a fool of myself. Or actually, even when I've done something like recording this podcast, I then listen to it back and I just beat myself up over all of the times I can hear that I either have a pause or I can hear when my mouth kind of does this kind of thing where I'm sort of trying to get the word out. Uh, that's where a phrase like, you know, actually really helps. It kind of almost soothes that uh, initial onset of a word. I think sometimes if, if you pause for too long uh, and then you have to just say a word, it's almost like a very harsh thing. So using things like um, like, or you know, really help to kind of ease it in. In fact, it um, sort of reminds me of an episode of Banana Man I saw when I was a kid when he said the best way to bend bars is when you just take them by surprise. Uh, I think he was trapped in a prison. And that's kind of a bit what it's like with words sometimes. You almost have to just sort of surprise yourself. So um, if I do say you know a lot, please go easy on me. It's something that I know that I struggle with and I realise this sort of sounds like a plea for help like an intervention or something. In fact, it's probably the main reason why I haven't done as many of these podcasts as I as I would have liked. Because the amount of times I listen to them back and I can hear myself and these pauses or the breaths or as I say, the it probably makes it sound a bit more like one of those AMSR um, video streams or audio streams rather than a podcast. Unfortunately, it's just me stammering like a bloody buffoon. So I'm um, sorry about that. And as I say, it almost stopped me um, from wanting to do more podcasts. And it almost stopped me, even though I'd recorded this one with Anya and, and we'd had such a lovely chat, as we always do. I was thinking, oh God, you know, is anyone even going to want to listen to it? Uh, I hope I'm wrong with that assumption, but I am aware that it's probably really annoying hearing me say that all the time. Uh, I actually listened to this amazing podcast with this guy, it's called David Hooper, it's called Build a Big Podcast, and he had a guy on there called Pedro, and he actually runs a podcast that's called My Stammering Life, um, and it really, really inspired me to want to do more podcasts and to not be beaten by this thing, and if I just say a few extra words or, you know, like it's, I oh, see, I'm doing you know again, it's actually better to try these things, to put yourself out there and make a fool of yourself and just not give a shit rather than kind of stopping yourself. And I think sometimes when I'm in this zone, this kind of flow um, zone, and I'm not worried so much, I am way more fluent with my speech. And I think because these are so few and far between, each time it always feels like this weird first time again or something, or like I'm not as confident. And I think if I was to do more and more in a row, then just upload them come what may, I think it would it would be really good for me, if not good for you, dear listener. So thanks for sticking with me. Um, I am now going to play the amazing conversation that I had with Anya. We are making a busking trip documentary, which I got most of the video for, and I'm hopefully going to edit that together over the next few weeks. So thank you so much for the conversation, Anya, and thanks for the friendship and all of the music and the busking honestly you are an amazing human being and i have loads and loads of love for you so thanks so much and i hope you guys enjoy the conversation me and anya had you'll be in there weeping we'll be like he's okay shall i move that a bit closer uh what should we say to sort of beginning because i'm trying to think about if we can use the video like as well as the audio, like do I do? Do a double. Welcome do we to the microphone podcast. Welcome to the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah uh, hang on, I think we're already peeking at that. Yeah, but I don't think I'm going to get that excited. <laughs> That's okay. You know, we want you to get excited. You know, I don't want you to kind of tone down your okay. effervescence. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Hi. So welcome to. Uh, the Will We Ever Get to Mars podcast, 
and also uh, the interview for the documentary we're going to make about the busking tour that, uh, that Anya and I went on. Um, it's going to be you know a bit of a weird introduction because we have my son Rufus is in the lounge and he's napping because that seems to be the only time I have now. It's sort of between naps. So um, yeah, you may hear kind of a baby crying halfway through the interview, but hopefully he's going to um, stay asleep. Halfway through, I think. Once he cries, that's the end of the interview. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'll see if I can keep it going. <laughs> or we can kind of include him in it. You know, what do you think about cry. that? <laughs> yeah, we can be sort of like, what do you think about um, busking? <laughs> I'm sure he has many views on it. Most of them probably sound like, I don't know, like budger bugger or something. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we went on our busking trip. Mm-hmm. Um, we did. Where uh, we did a week of just crazy travel <laughs> where the plan was to go from um, Hythe all the way up to Scotland um, up to the Highlands and then we got about kind of like two days in and thought oh yeah let's not go the Highlands on the head and then we got as far as Manchester and thought oh why not <laughs> and we went all the way up to the Highlands uh, and then we wild camped by, by Loch Lomond uh, and he went for a swim uh, and then we bust on the pier, had some of the best coffee in the world, mm-hmm. uh, and then came back. At, um, also came back via Manchester, and again <laughs> didn't actually play in Manchester. <laughs> so, um, yeah, um, was it an amazing experience for you as well? Like, or were you thinking, God, a week with that idiot? <laughs> again? Uh, not at all, no. Yeah, it was great. Um, uh, yeah, I don't really know where to start with it, really. It was just so packed full of, like, so much madness. And, um, yeah, it was so it was so full on, wasn't it? But yeah. super fun and, like, really, like... Um, yeah, I was thinking about it the other day and I love the fact that throughout the trip I was like, oh, we should just be using up all our, like, shrapnel. Like, I don't want to end up with loads of coins at the end of the, <laughs> the tour and then... But it was so nice, like, on the last day, finding another hat full yeah. of money and be like, yeah, we can walk away with £15 each. Yeah, well, that was the thing as well. There was another hat. So yeah. that peak cap also had something. Like, I made a note of how much, like, you know, half of that's yours as oh, well. Oh, no way. Yeah, because we had, we had Joe's hat. But I have to be honest, you know, I realised, uh, you know, that I shouldn't have been using. Oh, no. Like, you know, that kind of straw-type hat. Um... Like, the kind of light coloured one yeah yeah yeah. you know so I didn't realise that just kind of got in the bag by mistake (laughs) so we were using that so I'm sorry about that Joey Uh, that got Uh, a little bit wet yeah and yeah like it's all kind of misshapen now it's it's okay you know I can buy like another hat with my share of (laughs) the further takings it's really a cheap hat (laughs) but yeah we had that hat and Mm. then I found another one so it was about, uh, I think it was about £15 in that one too. Because mm. I kept going last, okay, you, you know, I'll then put it on the card. And it's one of those things, I sort of assumed like uh, we didn't make any money for some reason. <laughs> but uh, we did really, didn't we? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, do you think we broke even or? I don't know. Um, I didn't. Was that wishful thinking? <laughs> yeah. I think the petrol it cost to get up to, maybe if we were like, Busking in the States, petrol is cheap there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It was sort of 10 grand in the hole, you know, like, <laughs> and, and we don't realise it. Yeah. It's food, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's the constant sobbing for food and kind of coffee. Yeah, we were lucky that we didn't pay for accommodation anywhere. That's we? true, yeah. Yeah, we had, we had some amazing accommodation mm. in Manchester. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the weird things is I was, I was thinking about it afterwards was so amazing like how the kind of how you have friends that are in sort of various places because you know like it kind of saved the whole like trip really <laughs> you know like, and I was thinking what did I bring to the what did I bring to the table again yeah no yeah it was your whole idea in the first place it wouldn't have happened without you you were the seed I was the seed you you were the the flower the rain <laughs> the sun <laughs> yeah the um, process of osmosis but um, but a lot of that was so it was so random, wasn't it? That um, in a random service station, I don't even know where we were. We just bust um, so we done Hyde, um, Froome the next day and Bath, and then the day after that did 
Stroud, is that right? Or I think we did so, another yeah. one as well as Stroud. Or we just did Stroud. I think it was Stroud, yeah. And then we were on our way up to further I don't even I think we were get, aiming for Birmingham, weren't yeah. we? And um then, and I think uh there was your poor friend Hop. Oh yeah. Was it? <laughs> we were we kept saying Hop that we were gonna stay with Hop and then we <laughs> kept on um, not staying with Hop. Oh. Yeah. So if you're listening or watching Hop, and we are sorry. We're sorry, Hop. We would have hope the date went well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but so it was so random. After Stroud, we stopped off at a random service station and ran into um, Kieran, who happens to play drums in a in a band I'm in called Babsy Brown in the Miniature Orchestra. Um, and it was it was so surreal. Um, I'd just been to the toilets and came out and was looking for for Mike, who's you know a drummer. And I was like, "There's another drummer. Yeah. There's not the drummer I'm looking for." What the like some weird kind of alternate reality. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he was just like mindlessly staring at the McDonald's screen in the queue. And I think they... you have to be, don't you? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I walked over to him and got really close to his face. <laughs> and then I was like, what the hell are you doing here? And then he offered for us to stay at his in Manchester, which was yeah. such a lovely chest. Definitely. I think he kind of saved, saved the trip in a yeah. way. Because we, you know, we had food, we got there and he made beans on toast, which was like the best oh beans on toast that I... Ever so had, good. I think. Yeah. Then we had uh, scrambled egg and halloumi in the morning. Yeah. And it was like we had kind of energy for the next bit. And I think really it was probably that that gave us the strength to go up uh, to Scotland. I yeah. think if we'd have maybe slept in the car, or, mm-hmm. you know, or something um, that early in the trip, yeah, then maybe we'd have kind of gone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because uh, the story <laughs> of uh, the camping, you know, is a separate kind of thing all of its own, really, isn't it? I think, yeah, uh, the wild camping in a lay-by, you know, does that constitute as wild camping? Just I don't know if in wild a passing spot is meant to be camping on tarmac. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I guess you could call, you know, wild camping parking in a Tesco, like car park. You have a wild camping, mate. It was, you know, but if I just quickly um, say kind of what the idea was all about, maybe, um... Mm. Because I had that song, Open Road, mm-hmm. um, and I wrote that ages ago, and I actually had this dream, um, I mean it kind of probably goes back about 10 years, or you know maybe more, um, and those days I had a vehicle that was more suited <laughs> to that kind of, you know, had this like Mazda Bongo, where you could just put the seats down and you could um, sleep in it, and I had this dream of just basically just kind of um, loading up the car uh, with music equipment and then just, you know, disappearing. And then just kind of play, playing music anywhere and everywhere, mm. you know. And in my head, kind of, uh, the dream, you know, it was almost like, you know, uh, there's nothing past that. You know, it wasn't like it was a week-long thing. I thought, yeah, man, I'll just load the car and I'll just keep going, <laughs> you, know, you, know, that, you know, into the sunset. Uh, and over the years, I, I got sort of, like, diluted, <laughs> you know. Um, and I didn't think that I, I was ever going to do it. And then I had this weird feeling like I can't really like put it into words um and I sometimes wonder if if there is something that I control or if it is something else but it was like I felt this energy uh, to do it and it was like somehow kind of knew I was going to do it mm. so either the answer is we should always have that energy with stuff and always you know tell ourselves we're going to do it or it could be uh, there is something else going on you know so I don't know you know which is true but Anytime I have that energy for something, you know, like it always happens. Mm. And there's so many kind of ideas I have, but, you know, like I never see them through. And, um, yeah, so for the last probably six or seven years, I've been I'm teaching music in in schools. Um, and it's a job that at first I just really, really loved. And after a while, uh, it just, you know, this sounds kind of extreme, you know, but... I could feel it was kind of affecting my kind of soul, like on my well-being, mm. and I was like, I just need something positive and something to do with music, you know. And I thought about kind of the dream of doing other busking, and I think I said this to you that you know, um, I mean, kind of you were the like first person, you know, that I like thought of, you know, because because I, I was thinking who'll be up for like a crazy, <laughs> random adventure. I know, Anya Savage. <laughs> 
and I'm lucky for me you were. <laughs> yeah. That's so what did you think of when I first asked you? Um, what did I think? Uh, when, when was it you asked me? It was only like a few weeks before, wasn't it? Yeah. I think you just got back from Scotland. Yeah. On a holiday there. Um, and I think, yeah, you knew how much I loved Scotland as well. And That's right, yeah. And I think, yeah, any opportunity I have to go back to Scotland, I I feel like I jump on it. Yeah. <laughs> and especially if it's, like, music-related, that's, yeah, super cool. Um, and, yeah, I think I was... I think I was a bit... I Yeah, I wasn't sure that it was... I think, unlike you, I, I wasn't sure it was going to happen. Um, and I felt like I was kind of, like... Um, yeah, like agreed to and knew that, you know, if it was going ahead, then I'd, you know, I'd be there. But I was also like, oh, I don't know, like, yeah. you've got a lot, like, a lot on in your life. You've just had a son, you, you're like, you know, teaching full time. Yeah. yeah, I do sort of realise <laughs> I kind of have a son, like, and it's sort of my first you know, inclination is, I'm going to disappear for a week. <laughs> See you later, guys, you know. Um, I hope it wasn't that, like, no, no. <laughs> just me being really lapsed. And I was thinking as you were saying that as well, there's probably kind of many things that, that I do say that I'm going to do and then kind of I don't end up like doing them. So. I think a lot of people do though. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. And, and our lives just get totally crazy that often like something like that just, you have to like, like be really mad and crazy about it and go for it and, yeah. and just commit to it otherwise it doesn't. It doesn't happen. Yeah, because uh, there is a saying, isn't there? Like, and I think weirdly, uh, we heard this on one of our other podcasts though, that we listened to. Mm. Um, you know, I think we did kind of like fast forward this uh, particular one, <laughs> but uh, it was that guy that was like talking. He was that kind of um, self help kind of guru guy. Mm. Um, and I don't know if it's his quote because I've definitely heard it sort of before. But you know, it was something like put somebody in a position of stress that they don't actually have to be there mm. and then you'll see their real character and I think in a way that whole trip was a little bit like that you know because it would have been really easy to have maybe sort of like done it once and then gone actually not or when we did Froome and we were on Cheap Street <laughs> and we didn't make any money at all <laughs> you know you could almost kind of think oh you know is it worth it and it was like I don't know about you but every single day I almost felt this thing of like, oh yeah, we'll probably won't, you know, do it today or like, mm. you know, or we could just kind of hang out. You know, like there's almost yeah. this thing in your head where, because no one was making us do it. Mm. So we could have just not done it. Yeah. And there's something I think about every day having this little kind of a victory with yourself mm. of kind of doing that. Yeah. Which I think is what the trip had for me was, yeah, this everyday little kind of like victory, like of overcoming that, um... Is it fear or just this kind of feeling of like, oh, I don't really have to do this, so I won't? Yeah, and I think it's like thinking too much about the logistics of everything. For me, anyway, I feel like as soon as I kind of think about like the cost of petrol, like where we're going to park, all of those things, then I'm like, oh, okay, I can't do I feel paralysed by like how we're going to make it, like where we're going to stay, what we're going to eat, like... Yeah. all of those are, I just find totally paralysing that then I'm like oh, well this thing that I may or may not enjoy isn't worth it so like yeah. weighing it up against all of that then there's no point in doing it kind of thing absolutely um, and that's one of uh, the weird things sometimes isn't it is like a dream or like a kind of vision for something often doesn't take into account those things like mm -hmm. the kind of practicalities of it like that sort of day to day if you're feeling a bit tired or um, if you haven't got the energy, uh, you know, sort of emotionally or something for that mm. that day, or you haven't got the money. Yeah. You know, like, you know, it's easy to say, right, I'm going to, I don't know, sort of like take over the world kind of uh, my music career, mm. you know, like, and it's so great to have goals, but those, those goals never take in, um, you know, that sort of day-to-day -day kind of, kind of um, real practical things that you have to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and even doing a gig, you, know, you can book a gig and think, oh yeah, it'll be great. Mm -hmm. Like yesterday, I am um, I played a gig yesterday, which Annie lovely. I did some harmonies mm. on, which was amazing. Though I screwed it up, but, um, and I was kind of really anxious sort of beforehand, and it was just it was making sure that I had all of the equipment there and I had to make sure it was like set up. Mm. Um, yeah, so we should always probably have kind of like a realistic 
view of that, you know. Um, and if you're in that moment and you want to maybe sort of like give up, just you know, sort of know that that feeling is kind of transitory, you know, that's a temporary thing, isn't it? Mm. But, you, know, you know, once you do it and and kind of have the grounds running, you know. Yeah. And it, I'm definitely helped having you there, you know. Mm. I think that's why I kind of wanted her to do it with somebody else because yeah. you're way more inclined then to kind of do it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think you, what was I going to say about that? Um, you kind of, uh, it's gone. <laughs> this is what I bring to the like, equation. <laughs> yeah. My flower and sunshine just like, disappeared into nothingness. I'm, I'm so mind numbing. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, what was it about? Oh, and like all those things, I guess, that you over, you like overthink like parking or this and that like actually when you you're actually doing them they're not you just kind of get on with it and it's not yeah. actually a, like a big thing but for some reason the story you tell yourself of those things becomes totally overwhelming and like um insurmountable yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely it's a good word <laughs> Sh- showing your verbosity on um, on camera <laughs> Well, I've done a show, you know, show what a buffoon I am. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of, like, truth in that, that, um, you know, but not just kind of like uh, the story of how those things are going to um, stress you out, but kind of the story that we tell ourselves that we're the kind of person who who is bothered by that. Mm. You know, there's some days I actually think how much of me, as it, you know, you know me, is like a real thing that's fixed and how much of it is like a malleable kind of construct that you know like I sort of tell myself you know that you know I'm Mike Vaughan I'm this Mm -hmm. but is that just something that I've just got used to telling myself you know so if if you're sort of nervous about something you know or I'm a nervous person but is that true you know um and I think kind of like the closest, you know, that I can kind of like, I'm sort of explain that, is that when I was a kid, I was like really, really painfully shy. Um, and, you know, I barely speak kind of to anyone, you know. And I'm, sh- I'm sure you've observed now that maybe that's not quite the case. Um, and uh, when I moved to London now to go to uni, I just basically said, I don't want to be that guy anymore. Mm. And I just sort of I pretended, you know, the kind of fake it, like, till you make it thing. Mm. Uh, and it was literally kind of re- reprogram myself, um, you know. And it was like I don't want that story anymore. And yeah. you know, I want to be somebody uh, that's more confident mm-hmm. um, and is more outgoing, you know. And I guess sort of because kind of no one else knew that story, you know, then I could almost start afresh, mm-hmm. you know. And actually, maybe kind of other challenges to do that, even amongst people uh, that know you. Because mm-hmm. I do remember, like, when I first started writing songs, I left kind of the band I was in. Like people couldn't kind of fathom it. It was like, oh yeah, but you're the drummer of that band. It's kind of why you now sort of like singing your own songs. And it was almost like they I'm sort of couldn't I kind of allow me to step mm. out of that. I think you but. get into habits of being with someone else and that takes like quite a long time to like kind of break out of those habits because you find a way to like feel safe with in the company of somebody else. And yeah. Even if like for instance that's you like taking like a victim role or someone and someone like kind of taking care of you even though that's not making either of you feel better you've kind of got to a point in your life where that is kind of what um like how you know yeah you can be around each other um and so yeah breaking out of that is is kind of takes takes like some re yeah, kind of reframing in your mind and then yeah. kind of implementing small little actions that are different to that and then then that's like kind of really scary at first because you're... Yeah, for all of other people I suppose in a way yeah, because if, you know, like if there's other people in your life mm. that are kind of comfortable with, you know, say like how you are or like how, how you were at least yeah. and you start kind of changing and then they have to maybe change you know like it sort of becomes this weird kind of symbiotic thing doesn't it where like I'm sort of the two or the three or whatever you know you know however many (laughs) of you kind of they are you know like it sort of works you know like in that way and then if you sort of change kind of one of those like variables then it you know 
it almost kind of causes a bit of like a different sort of a mm. reaction. And often I think people don't um, are scared of change and don't want to change, so that freaks a lot of people out. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm the opposite. You know, when I mm. get kind of comfortable, I'm almost like, what can I like change yeah, in my I feel life? The same. Yeah. Um, what was the thing uh, that you think uh, that you sort of gained the most from the like busking tour? Um, well, I kind of felt like at the very end of the um, the tour, um, I, I felt it felt like a massive revelation, and I feel like when I'm going to say it now, it's not going to come across at all as a revelation. But it was kind of like this um, this kind of feeling that like our job on that busking tour was to kind of bring light into whoever happened to be walking past in that particular like, moment. Um, like that guy that you said that you loved. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, that was brilliant. So he was that really was, happy about I that, I think one it? of my favourite moments, it was um, singing a Fleetwood Mac song, what yeah. is it, Songbird? Yeah. And um, there's a line in it where it's like, and I love you, I love you, I love you. And right at that point, somebody dropped a, um, some coins into a hat, and um, and uh, I just told him this this bloke that I loved him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he seemed kind of like really happy, like oh, in a way, you know. So nice. In that moment, I mean, you know, like it could be true, you know. Yeah. But, you know, we shouldn't. I'm sort of. I'm limit. I'm love. You know, to what we've. I made it I think sometimes you mm-hmm. know like just that's that, that kind of smile from a stranger or yeah you know like a, the pound in a hat mm-hmm. it's like you know like if you're kind of sat there you know for, you know for an hour or so and um, no one's paying attention and then yeah. someone just does you know mm-hmm. it does kind of light you up and then hopefully I mean, you light them up as well mm-hmm. and you know like it's this kind of circle isn't it of, yeah yeah of light you know mm. I think you're right like that you know, hopefully kind of have a report like to like people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <so. laughs> I'm sure you did. You know, there was that one guy like that thought, you know, that said, he thought that I had something wrong with me. <clears throat> people say all sorts of weird things when I had a, this wasn't on the busking tour, but when I was living in London, I bust in London. And um, this old lady came over to me and told me that the noise levels I was making was savage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you said, yeah. You thought then, it was like an amazing pun. And I just, nose. I didn't realise she was really angry at me, with me at first. Yeah. Because I just... Thought, You're like, great pun. <laughs> I just thought for some reason she knew my name. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think it's... Because you're doing something that is, like... Um, kind of so outside of people's uh, kind of norm that, and, and you're forcing, in a, not forcing, but you're like giving people an opportunity to engage with you, and that is really terrifying, I think. Yeah. Because we don't really like often engage with strangers. I know. Like, yeah. You you're taught like growing up like not to talk to strangers and. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So it, it's it's yeah you're I don't know yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm kind of a fan of, of engaging with strangers, you know, <laughs> no. yeah. And it's quite funny because some, you know, I'd say most of the time um, people are like are really receptive to it. Mm. And there are some times, you know, when you can tell that, you know, like people are, you know. But I mean, there's friends, I mean, like Holly, like her, that came last night. Oh, you know? yeah, she was um, I mean, she was somebody, you know, that I met, you know, almost kind of like that, really. <laughs> yeah. Which is working in a school and I was just sort of talking to her and now, mm. you know, um, and that was probably about... I don't know, 15 years ago or something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there are some people... I mean, when I worked in the library, there's some people now that are friends that mm-hmm. just were people that, you know, would come through, you know, to get a book. And, you know, like, I think it would be an interesting book, so we'd have, you know, like, an amazing, like, conversation. Yeah. What about your mate that you met in the, the service station? <laughs> yeah, so, you, yeah, you know, I mean, he was an amazing character, but it was like we were, like, in a rush... <laughs> And then we started having this kind of conversation about, you know, how it's all just an illusion. And he was really into, like, David Icke, and he was saying about, you know, like, the reptilian overlords and all this. You know, and it was fascinating. And we kind of had a chat for a bit, you know. But then he asked his mate, who was working with him, like, if he could sort of, like, come behind the counter, you know, to have a chat with me. Um, You know, and I was aware, like, that you were in the car park. And I had to kind of go, yeah. It's like I'm on board with all of this. It's brilliant, you know. But at the same time, I need my coconut milk cappuccino, please. I was like, "Yep, you know, they're all reptilians. It's all an illusion." 
but right now, in that illusion, you know, like I need my cappuccino. And uh, yeah, he was, you know, um, we were sort of talking about kind of sort of our realities and, you know, and he was actually saying weirdly enough about how, you know, like kind of how we need to shine a light, you know, on the world, you know, so, you know, um, and that's one of other things again, that when and you do kind of take these chances, I think in life, like don't you feel sometimes, uh, and this is where I kind of don't want to sound a bit too, I don't know, sort of, you know, like hippie or something, but like there are little signs, you know, like sometimes that, you know, you're doing the right thing, you know, mm. I don't know if it's signs from the universe or what, but you know, there's, you notice little things like that, or yeah. um, somebody, I will say something, you know, that you're already thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I felt, you know, it was a week like that. And I think for me personally, um, I wasn't having kind of enough um, sort of experiences like that in my life, mm-hmm. you know. And it's a weird thing to kind of complain about you, because obviously, you know, I mean, I'm I'm sort of incredibly fortunate, you know, like to, you know, to, ha- to have um, Joey and Rufus and, you know, all of the other stuff I have. Um, but it's like, I think if you're somebody that's always, ha- I don't know, had those kind of dreams of things kind of grander, you know, mm. it's not even that it's kind of fame or something that sort of drives me on, you know, I think it's those adventures, mm. you know, just having those adventures. And that's what I've always loved with you and Josh, you know, when you've kind of involved me in these things is I kind of get it, you know, sort of like through you guys. And it's, you know, it's always been, been um, lovely, mm. you know. Because I think sometimes after a certain kind of like point in life, like, you know, it's like 30s hit like a freight train sometimes. And, you know, there's so many people I know like that just kind of stopped doing things like that. And I just didn't want to. Mm. And, um, yeah, you know, like it's those kind of like little adventures and, you know, and what it brings, I think, that kind of gives me, gives me life a bit. Mm. How about yourself? Like... Yeah, I think it it kind of brings out this um, uh, this side of you that you you don't uh, you kind of tuck away a lot of the time because it's not kind of normal for in like everyday life to kind of um, be chatting to strangers and <laughs> playing on the streets and like not having a home. <laughs> yeah. Um, and. Um, and and also I think putting yourself in those situations um brings out like such um an incredible like side of, of people, I think, when you're like stuck and like people like really help you out or really support yeah. you in an idea that you you just kind of think like, Oh, I thought everyone was gonna just kind of think we're like batshit yeah. crazy yeah. And, and um And even if they do like they're still supportive, aren't they? Yeah. 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 Exactly, and I think seeing that kindness and that um, that like you know like beauty and other people kind of supporting you is is what like gives me so much hope in the world and kind of also I think helps you kind of tap into that yourself as well and like yeah it's just becomes like a ripple effect I guess yeah because like it's easy to believe that everyone's a bit shit or you yeah. know like. You know, I think if you look at kind of social media, you know, it seems like everyone's in kind of constant conflict. Mm. But, you know, when you're out on the streets, you, you know, sort of you realise, you know, that's not the case. You know, yeah. like, and there are, you know, kind of really, really lovely, mm-hmm. like, people out there. Um, but what I was going to say, you know, I think kind of other things that you um, taught me from the, the trip, which I'm really I'm thankful for, is that, I, you know, I often have this weird... Sort, sort of embarrassment of kind of like telling people what I want to do mm. so you know when I would say I would tell people I was going to do like a busking trip it'd be like yeah, yeah so I might you know not do this thing and you know like it's almost like apologetically mm. um, you know and like you were saying about just assuming everyone's going to find it kind of like weird or funny or something you know like I think I always have that mm. and I think kind of what I learned uh, from you is I mean you shouldn't kind of feel apologetic about those things you know if you want to do them you should just like do them mm-hmm. and you know and most of the time kind of people are receptive and the ones that aren't you can um, just ignore yeah and uh, the other thing was to not feel ashamed about kind of doing my own music mm. you know like I think I'd learned this weird kind of I don't know it was safer like and easier to do kind of like covers mm. you know and like 
I um, really admired the fact, you know, that you were two sort of predominantly originals. Mm. And, you know, like it has an energy to it, you know, like it's, you're, you're completely, you know, kind of unashamed and proud of them, which you should be. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know that any of my originals earn us more money than your covers. <laughs> but I don't... But, but I feel like... I, I think in um, Stratford-upon-Avon they did, you know. I think you sort of uh, definitely there, like, had people that was that stopped, you know, to listen. And, mm. you know, and rather than it being a passing thing, oh, there was that one lady, like, a drummer, oh, like, and you were going to go and find her afterwards, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I think, you know, you, you just have to to do what you want to do because not everyone's going to like it like even if I were to do my covers like uh, or do covers like I feel like people some people might like it some people might not like it so I might as well do what I want to do and then the right the people that you know I, I want to that want to engage with me and will be those people that kind of that kind of touches something in them and that's um yeah, kind of. Well, that's powerful. Like, what an ethos, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, I, like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've, I spent a lot of my life kind of doing what I thought other people wanted me to do, um, and I think ultimately that ended up, um, in me kind of having psychosis, and I yeah. felt like the only way that I could get through that without drugs, um, not to say that you know, like anyone that's going through it with drugs is like wrong I felt like I was just really lucky that I had a support structure and a community around me and my mum that was just super supportive and getting people from the community to come and do yoga with me and take me rollerblading um come do art with me um like yeah a lot of people just don't have that um and I feel like I just carried on in, in my recovery by by like um by just doing what um by like and and I get it wrong like I don't always I think I often like worry about what other people think but then you kind of realize that when you keep chasing that that's just making you feel really unhappy and unsatisfied yeah. and like you're being really needy of other people and actually then I kind of find like hopefully eventually I kind of bring myself back and and kind of then refocus on what it is that I want to do and just work on that yeah. And I think it's really hard to do that in a culture with like social media and you kind of see what everyone else is doing and you're you're kind of chasing likes and yeah. chasing followers and always sort of comparing as well, yeah. I find is the thing. You're like, Okay, well, you know, like they're doing that. Mm-hmm. You know I know sort of why aren't I doing that or you know, I should be or something like yeah. that. But that's a really kind of powerful ethos I think that just you know, I mean, there's a couple of things that makes me think that one, sometimes going through some shit kind of even though it sucks at the time, often makes you um, much more um, kind of like secure in yourself or like strong will to go actually, you know, like I don't want to end up in that position again. Mm. So, you know, I'm not going to let other people kind of make me like feel that way, mm-hmm. you know, which I think is kind of really important because like, often, you know, it's easy, you know, to either sort of repeat kind of like the same things and, you know, um, yeah, so, like, it's kind of learning uh, from those things, I think. Uh, but also, yeah, like, just uh, what you said about um, just sort of, like, doing uh, what you want to do, like, in you, and kind of uh, the right people, like, I uh, will gravitate kind of uh, towards it. Because, mm. You know, because what's the point? I'm sort of pretending to be, you know, someone else or just sort of chasing, you know, like other people's approval. Because, you know, even if you get it, like, uh, you don't feel fulfilled. Yeah, and it doesn't last. No, like... no. And there's that quote, isn't there, that it's better to um, succeed being original than... No, sorry, to fail being original than now succeed sort of pretending to be someone else. Mm. I'm sure it's a much more <laughs> beautiful quote message. than I sort of, like, made it out. But, yeah, you know, like, it's better you know, sort of to be yourself, you know, mm. and it kind of not work out than go, OK, well, I'm going to um, pretend to be someone or something else, like, and then it works out. Because I imagine that you'd probably feel weirdly sort of fraudulent or not really happy with it mm. which often happens you know like I've heard with our musicians that I sort of get into deals you know where they have to write a certain way or kind of be a certain way mm. you know and all those people end up sort of like you know like disappointed in themselves don't they I think yeah yeah I guess it's like a leading question mm-hmm. so so I feel free to say nothing <laughs> but uh 
Is there anything that I kind of like gave to you or that you um, learned from me or um, was it all one way street? No, <laughs> um, uh, I feel like I'm totally going to think of loads of things. You know, when you get put on the spot and you're yeah. like, ah, brain blank. Um, um, well, I can edit this out, you know. <laughs> oh we'll get to the good stuff. And then Great. I'll... Yeah. Um, I think... Uh, what did I take from you? I think just not... Um, not, like, over-worrying about things. And, and also, I think, like, there was, like, a... <laughs> well, there's a few, like, pivotal moments, I think, like, when we got to Manchester and... And I was like, oh, we're halfway to Scotland. Should we just stick to your original plan? And, and yeah, and I think we both kind of, like, um, kind of tailored to other... I think maybe you more so tailored to other people's um, needs and, like, kind of make a decision based on other people rather than what what we want. Not, like, and I mean this in, like, a super, like, loving way. You're, like, really kind of aware of, of other people. Um, and, um, (laughs) and, uh, but also, like, I think then us, like, yeah, um, but then you just, like, deciding and be like, yeah, we're doing it, and, like, you're, like, you're powering through with all the driving, I feel like I definitely couldn't have, yeah, done that, but I think it made me made me realise I think and I there is like a balance in, in it but I feel like I always kind of um yeah like don't trust myself enough when it comes to driving and actually yeah just you being like yeah I can drive all this way in like um and just like it's like that the whole premonition of like knowing that you can of the whole busking tour you just knew that you were gonna make it work. Yeah. And, and yeah and just knowing that you know like how does I get from this place there like I'll do it in the safest way possible but I can do it yeah rather than I feel like I get in those situations and I'm like ah I don't know if I can do it like I'm not gonna make it I'm just gonna like pull my eyes out and call my parents (laughs) (laughs) I think you know with me I sort of get into this weird like tunnel vision with it you know where it's like you know I know that I have to get there. Mm. Uh, and I actually quite enjoy driving as mm. well. And I think, again, you know, it's like what I was saying about maybe almost not kind of being a fan of comfort. I've realised sometimes if I'm going somewhere, actually sort of getting there um, is normally my favourite bit. Mm. And uh, when you get there, it's like, oh, OK, I'm here now. And I think that's definitely like a metaphor kind of for my life, you know, because mm. any time I've got some form of kind of success from anything, I've always thought, oh, I want to... You know, you know, try this other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but also, yeah, there was another element where I sort of didn't uh, want it to be a hassle for you ever. Mm. You know, so I didn't ever want it to be like, oh, I'm gonna gonna like, um, do the driving like, you know, some sort of I don't know, kind of mansplain or something. <laughs> you know, which means being like pet. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, like, or, you know, like it wasn't me trying to you know ever take sort of like control it was like you know mm. I just didn't want it to be like a hassle for you and I was thinking I've had this kind of like crazy sort of idea you know then I'm saying oh yeah but you've got to do the driving <laughs> you know so yeah it was was only ever that really yeah, that I sort of don't I'm really uh, mind driving mm. and also yeah just kind of wanting it to be sort of enjoyable for you you know like a not a hassle mm-hmm. but you know I mean I think we um, shared it pretty kind of you know like 50-50 yeah yeah, maybe 40, 60. <laughs> I do remember, like, when we got to our Stratford upon Avon, like, when we did in that traffic jam, and you just had enough, and we'd pulled up in that car park, and but you just you... went in the corner, like, <laughs> and then did some yoga. <laughs> it was did amazing. I can't remember. Or stretching or something. I remember just, like, getting yeah, out the yeah. car, and I was like, I'm yeah. done. I just, I feel like we can park here, yeah. and I feel like you don't think we can park here, so I'm just going to go pretend I'm reading a sign. <laughs> But I felt like you handled that so well, <laughs> and you just were like, okay, it's almost Because then the other car was, away, was trying I'll to just come move, out. The, I'll get yeah. in the yeah. driver's seat and move the car. <laughs> it was hilarious, like you just sort of abandoned ship. You're like, I know. had enough of this car I, now. I was thinking about that when you were talking about, like, you love arriving somewhere. I felt yeah. like I arrived there and I was like, I'm, I'm just done. I just... 
<laughs> I don't know, I'm here, but I'm not here, and I just need to get rid of the car and what, and that. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, I think something about the Stratford-upon-Avon was probably one of the best ones, though, wasn't it? Was it was great, yeah. So, yeah. It was just, it was so pretty as well, wasn't it? And yeah. just, yeah, really yeah. nice. And uh, the tourists help, I think. Mm. You know, if I was going to do it again, I'd say Stratford-upon-Avon Hive was really good. yeah. Yeah, so it was surprisingly, yeah, like, uh, you know, and it wasn't just it was people that I knew, loads mm. of people that were kind of putting money mm. in the hats I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed as well, like, uh, the little girls, like, I think, I um, loved watching you play, <laughs> you know, which was lovely, uh, because A, you know, I mean, who wouldn't? <laughs> but, like, I don't know, you hear kind of a lot of things, say, like, role models and that kind of thing, mm. and it was like you could actively see that, I think, there. You know, you can uh, maybe sort of tell yourself, you know, that like it doesn't kind of, you know, make a difference. But like what we we're saying about shining a light, mm. you know, to those little girls kind of, like, you don't know, they might kind of think back in sort of 10 years, you know, when they're playing. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, sort of because I, you know, I'm mm. sort of that beautiful human being play, playing her songs. Well, I might not remember it like consciously, but it might yeah, be, yeah. yeah, like a little subconscious message that like, you know, you can do this too. Yeah, yeah, because there's, you know, like you're kind of planting seeds, mm. like you're saying, you know, seeds early on, like, and you just never know where they're going to flower. Yeah. And it's, um, I think that's what teaching um, used to give me, you know, mm. this real kind of like buzz of, you know, because, I mean, out of all of the other students that I've taught, probably, say, 5% of them, mm. you know, um, I'm tops probably, like, are actually going to kind of take it on. Mm. But... You know, I think kind of that's the buzz, isn't it? You know, of sort of inspiring someone else somehow or something. Yeah, but I just thought that was really lovely. You know, mm-hmm. so I could really notice that. Do you remember, like, uh, the Indian family? Like, where, where I think kind of like kind of the boys... Sort of, um, was that in Bath? I think it was in Bath, yeah. yeah. Uh, where I think it was either the girl put something first mm. and then... Uh, the brother kind of came back, or maybe like the other way around, you know, mm. it was like, oh, I want to put some in as well. <laughs> yeah, so that was lovely. <laughs> yeah. I don't and think I really had a demographic. You, you Drunk you Scottish have... people. <laughs> yeah. Put her in! <laughs> but you had that cute little girl at um, Hebden Bridge. Ah, yeah, yeah. She, she loved you and was dancing along. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I was probably going for like, I was doing... Uh, the killer's human as well, wasn't I? So, you know, oh, yeah. are we human or are we dancer? <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think Hebden Bridge oh, was beautiful, actually. Mm. Like, you know, I don't think it was the kind of best as far as, like, busking goes. I think because no. we were on the square of <laughs> other charity people. Yeah, people and everybody was avoiding them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you do it again? Yeah, I think so. Oh, oh there's Rufus. Because that's our, like, that's our, our, cue our cue to, you know. Um, yeah, I think I'd, I'd, uh, I'd definitely do it again. I think maybe not quite so far in such a small amount of time. Maybe. Yeah. Just, I think maybe now my financial brain is like, ding. Yeah. <laughs> Would you do it? Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> so well, uh, thanks for get, listening. We can get Rufus. Okay. Carry on. Although I do have to go sooner. Here he is. Hi. Is he smiling? He often hates when he's sort of woken up from a nap. He's like, oh, God. Oh, God. I've got to be on camera. I've got to be recorded. Yeah, well, get used to this, Rufus. You know, you're going to get used for all sorts of projects. Hey. Aren't you, buddy? (laughs) Yeah, so he was a nice thing I had to come home to, I have to say. Mm, There was a funny bit, though. And I did actually um, video this, you know, so, you know, I might put it in in, uh, the documentary. I got to the door and he looked really excited <laughs> and I had to have the GoPro running. Oh, yeah. Okay. And as I got closer, you know, I sort of realised that it was the GoPro that he was excited about. <laughs> and he was like, I will have that, please. <laughs> like You're interested hoodie, in all the gear, aren't you? Have you got any last words on uh, busking, Rufus? No? <laughs> Do you like listening? To, oh. to your daddy playing or <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was that was the best bit was watching him just totally captivated by you especially in high then then I'd start playing yeah. and he'd start crying <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I think he just kind of like loves watching kind of you know he loves watching action like I think he's a big fan of sort of like guitar yeah. strumming and he was actually. like drumming along on the yeah. band weren't you yeah. even when we did the last show at the that festival <laughs> he was uh, he was singing along and yeah it's great you like watching mummy and daddy on stage don't you uh, I think of one more question. Um, well, something else I was going okay. to say about um, uh, what, and I, I don't know if I learned this on the busking trip, but I think every time I see you, I learn it from you. Is like just your kind of ease with interacting with like anyone and just. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just um, getting that from me, that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're just like, yeah, um, and also just like, um, like, just, yeah, telling jokes, even like that one about, like, grinder and, <laughs> like, even if nobody got it, you're just still like, yeah, okay, nobody got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you kind of have to be, you know, it's, it's weird because I think I've, I've said this to you in the past, that I think I am in my kind of, like, day-to-day -day life how I, I almost I wish I was a bit more like in my music life mm. where like I'm aware that I'm just going to be me like in almost every kind of avenue of life you yeah. know, like and if it doesn't work out you know that it wasn't meant to be you know mm. like it's better to kind of do that and it yeah. be you know and it be real like and you're comfortable just mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> likes equipment doesn't he yeah um would you recommend busking out to anyone else? Like, would you recommend that they do it? Um, yeah, I think I think so. It's it's definitely yeah. I I think I'd recommend it to any any musician really. And I I think it's um, it also I think um, I don't know if I yeah I don't know what <laughs> maybe edit this out. <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> um, would I recommend it? Yeah, I think definitely. Like, it's it's it is like a really tough and like draining thing to do. Yeah. But I think it really makes you like respect <laughs> other people and um, yeah, yeah, respecting people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you recommend <laughs> being being stuck in a car with me for a week? Me, yeah, definitely. So, you know, <laughs> send emails. <laughs> I think we should definitely do it again, you know. I think kind of what it, like, taught uh, me is it would be nice to have someone else that can maybe do some filming yeah. and kind of help out. Yeah. So if there's any um, volunteers out there. You, yeah. So you can't do it, Rufus. <laughs> I'm not sure that you can carry the equipment. <laughs> you know, you break everyone's hearts. Yep. I mean, you'd be good to kind of get the punters in. Yeah. Yeah. But just, you know, I'm not sure that you could kind of carry the gear. Uh, yes, that's the only thing that I would like change, um, and actually maybe kind of have to pick a nicer place out to pitch a tent. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you'll see in another documentary that uh, the place where we pitched a tent was possibly <laughs> the worst place ever. <laughs> Don't even think we really pitched the tent. We just kind of, you know, unfolded it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we couldn't kind of peg it into the ground or anything. <laughs> I just love that we only realised that once we'd already set up the inner layer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we can't peg this in. Then got soaking wet. Well, you did. It was actually quite dry. Yeah. <laughs> I just oh, my knee, like, do you remember? I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> I, love... I just kept thinking that I was cold. And then I was like, okay, I'm absolutely soaking wet now. <laughs> Yeah, so we, I'm going to make everything into like a little um, documentary and, Great. you know, hopefully this has whetted your appetite. I'm sure it was look or sort of, you know, I'm not sure why I'm looking at the <laughs> microphone because, you know, they can't sense that if they're listening. So now I'm looking directly at you, listener. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully uh, we've whetted your appetite uh, for music and for shining light and for busking, and for watching the documentary, and just for being an awesome human being, which I'm sure you're already being. Any last words? Well, not last words. <laughs> any, any last words before Rufus comes at you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
um, just thank you so much for um, yeah for taking me on the busking tour and um, uh, choosing to do it with me. Oh, it's not sad. It's meant to be happy. You say. Don't thank me. I think what he's doing, you know, is going, you know, don't be thanking him. <laughs> he should be thanking you. Yeah. So um, thank you so much, Sausage. Um, yeah. Yes, I think that's our cue for him saying, right, I've had enough. <laughs> I'm done with this <laughs> blimming interview. <laughs> but seriously, Sausage, thank you so much. It was, was an amazing experience for me. Yeah. And yeah. Likewise. I'd love to do it again. And, mm-hmm. you know, I will keep making music and just gen- general revelry together. Yeah. Yeah. You waving? Hi. Okay, thanks for listening and watching and all that. Just to reiterate my past self, thank you so much for listening. I'm sorry about the really abrupt end there, but as you could tell, I think Rufus had had enough of hearing his daddy talk, twaddle, hopefully interspliced with some sense. Uh, In fact, if you listen towards the end, I'm sure you could hear him say, Daddy. Uh, So that felt kind of like pretty awesome to um, capture that on tape. As it was awesome, as it was awesome, as it was awesome to have captured the whole conversation. I'd just like to thank Anya one more time, just for being amazing for the conversation and for the whole busking trip, and for just genuinely being an incredible human being. And I'd like to thank you for listening, and just want to quickly say, keep on chasing those dreams, keep on boarding your own personal rocket ships and trying to get to Mars. And I'll catch you next time. Bye.